Welcome to another episode of the Side Talks podcast, the official podcast of the Sidewalk Film Festival and the Sidewalk Film Center and Cinema. I'm Corey Kraft. I'm a programmer with those things I just mentioned and uh, your usual co-host for Side Talks. I'm here today, though, uh, with my special guest co-host, Chloe Cook, the executive director of Sidewalk. Hello, Chloe. Hello, Corey. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, Rachel is songs. out of the country. I want to have songs and musical performances like Rachel, but I don't have it in me. No. I well, I mean, What's you know, next time is? you're here, we'll we'll get you a pair of maracas I'll or something. You, can, you know, I can shake do them in a the tambourine. Hey, perfect. I wish we had one. Yeah. Uh, or you know, props, um, just for com- comedic purposes for this again auditory medium. Um, Rachel out of the country, Chloe in the country, here with me to talk about cinema. So let's do it. Let's do it. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh... <laughs> Man, that's weird. Man, that's weird is the name of this segment. Great. Um, I, I, I should say... In the outro, I lamented the fact that we didn't have musical props. And, of course, producer Brad came out with some musical props. We have a tambourine and a... I don't know what the hell this thing is. What is this thing? Like uh, a, I don't know. Some sort of, like, <laughs> cool noisemaker that you can hear. We've got the tambourine. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to, like, do, like, a Scooby-Doo-style musical number in the middle of this podcast. But I thought I'd point it out... To the audience that uh, that Chloe has a tambourine and may uh, do tambourine stuff with Can it. Can I shake the tambourine when I agree with you about something and then just be silent when I disagree with you about something? Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's like snaps at a meeting. Perfect. That's, per- that's what the tambourine should be, okay. I think. So for today's Man That's Weird segment, in the spirit of the current theatrical box office, Specifically, the extreme popularity of Top Gun Maverick. I thought that we would go over the early years of one Thomas Cruise Mapother the Fourth. Love it. Known as Tom Cruise professionally. I love Tom Cruise. How do you feel about Tom Cruise? Um, I like Tom Cruise. I like young Tom Cruise when I thought he was like a grown-up man and uh-huh. I was like a teenager and I thought he was really cute. Now, I don't know. He's fine. Yeah. I love Tom Cruise in general. I love contemporary. I'm going to hurl my body off of a building at some insane speed doing my own stunt work, Tom Cruise. Him doing his own stunt work. Anybody doing their own stunt work, I think, is really cool and impressive. Um, I probably wouldn't do that if I were in such situations. So I think that's cool. He's not like my favorite actor, but a lot of that is like the movies he chooses to make are not my thing hmm. like mission impossible it's not my jam Ooh, i love those movies i, I mean they're them. fun to watch right yeah yeah, yeah i don't know anyway, yeah I'm off script well let's let's talk a little bit about old old tommy um and his formative years now he was known as a teenager as tommy mapather of course that is his real last name mapather but just the idea of people being like hey tommy to little teenage Tom Cruise in the 1970s is is amusing to me. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so he spent a lot of time in Ottawa, in Canada, because he his dad moved his family up there. Um, his dad was apparently an asshole. Thomas 
young Thomas Cruz did not get along with his dad. Um, and his parents divorced when he was 14 and he moved with his mom back to Louisville, Kentucky in 1976 when he was 14 years old. Um, he was a devout Catholic. Now, I did not know that. these days, Thomas Cruz is perhaps known for having a different religious yeah. affiliation, um, not casting aspersions here. You know, do what you need to do, Tom Cruise, to get yourself through the day. Um, just don't be, you know, predatory and weird about it if you can help it. That goes um, for all religions. I think that goes for all religions. Yeah. But, but back in the day, not only was he a devout Catholic, he was, in fact, enrolled in seminary for several years. He wanted to be a Franciscan priest. I did not know that. Yeah. Apparently, done... he was very serious about it. I, uh, I'm... I'm here to tell you that recently my dad and stepmom were cleaning some things out and they found a letter uh-huh. that I wrote to maybe the actual Tom Cruise fan club. Wow. Or I just assumed he had one and just put that on an envelope. Uh-huh. I don't know. But it was written on notebook paper and I would have been like seven or eight. And they found it. They clearly did not mail it uh-huh. to the Tom Cruise fan club. That's disappointing. Um, and imagine like what kind of letters he would have received if he had, in fact, been a Franciscan priest. Like, would he have had a different kind of fan club? Or I don't know. But <laughs> but I have that letter. My parents gave it to me. They crushed my dreams and didn't mail it. And then they proved that to me by giving it to me. Anyway, I will. I'll give it to you, and you can read it aloud because I think it's. As the young people say, it's pretty cringe. This but, is something that absolutely must happen. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll unearth that I'm, for you. I'm delighted to hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as a student in high school, his teachers describe him as very nice, but a mediocre student. He was not very communicative, apparently. Um, and depending on the story that you hear, he either – left the seminary when his family moved to New Jersey or he left the seminary because he was asked to leave when he got caught with booze and cigarettes, which is apparently something you can't do if you are in seminary in seminary as a teenager, which version of this do you believe? I think he probably was asked to no longer attend the seminary though. It happened to coincide with his family moving to New Jersey where he attended a more typical high school. Uh, He was not only at that point semi-interested in acting, he was apparently the star of his school's production of Guys and Dolls, which is something to think about. Mm -hmm. Little teenage Tom Cruise. Tommy. Uh, Little Tommy. But he apparently played linebacker on his school's football team, Um, though he was allegedly, again, kicked off the team for drinking a beer before a football game. You got to cool it on that booze, Tom. Yeah. Little Tommy's got an alcohol problem. Um, so I guess that means that all the right moves, which we'll talk about in a bit, is, is you know, he's drawn from some re- reality mm-hmm. there. Now, uh, when he turned 18 in 1980, he moved to New York, then to Los Angeles to pursue acting. Uh, he moved to L.A. to pursue television acting. Now, as far as I know, I don't know if he ever appeared on a television series because he was cast in his first role in a movie very, very quickly after that, 1981. Do you know the movie? No. Endless Love. 
I know that movie, but I didn't know that was his first movie. Part of uh, the bad movie marathon this mm-hmm. year at Sidewalk. Um, he's not in it much. It's a cameo, like a small role. He, it's not even a cameo because nobody knew who the hell he was. Right. Um, and then he gets cast in a significantly larger role in another movie in 1981 called Taps, which was his breakout. I've seen um, that. And Taps stars George C. Scott. Uh, the star is, is kind of George C. Scott and, and Timothy Hutton, who had just won an Oscar the year before playing the troubled teenage son and ordinary people. And then also in his first role in this movie, Sean Penn. Oh, I forgot about that. So they, Sean Penn and Tom Cruise, their careers kind of intersected some interesting ways. Um, they kind of came up together. I don't know if they're still buddies. Do you think that Tom Cruise and Sean Penn hang out? Absolutely not. Yeah, Sean Penn seems like a, a real drag. To hang out with, honestly. Yeah, I can't see it, but I don't know. I, who does Tom Cruise hang out with? I, but see, I guess that's it. Tom Cruise doesn't hang out with anybody. Yeah. He, and and what would you say to Tom Cruise? Like he'd be like, "Hey, full of energy. What's up with you? How are you?" And I'd be like, "Dude, I don't know. If you, I I just watch movies. You see Top Gun Maverick. You, you were <laughs> you were in that. It was good. Um, I don't know. He he would come. I think with a lot of like weird intensity." Like he does all the time. Yeah. Isn't he the person that jumped on Oprah's couch? Oh, yeah. Right? That yeah. was like his. That 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 was the thing that like when he was like, I'm marrying Katie Holmes and I love her. And everybody was like, oh, this is kind of off-putting, my guy. Yeah. Um, and then, boy, did we not know the half of it. Yeah, we didn't know. Um, now we know. Now we know. And we're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still going to see Top Gun. Oh, in large numbers. Um, So 1983 is the year that Cruise really breaks out. March 1983, Francis Ford Coppola is The Outsiders. And he's in the sort of brat-packy ensemble cast of that with C. Thomas Howell, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez. Rachel's not here to talk about her beloved Emilio Estevez. Loved Emilio Um, Estevez. Who didn't? Right, yeah. the Mighty Ducks coach. That's how I knew him. Well, I was a little younger, so yeah. when he started ca- coaching you're the little, Mighty Ducks, you're that's, a little baby. That's when I started paying attention to mm-hmm. old Emilio. Uh, then Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, and of course, as the girl, Diane Lane. All the '80s hotties. Yeah, and um, you know Francis Ford Coppola. So you got no complaints there. Also, um, in I think a really small role in that, his nephew Nicholas Cage. Now. That, that right there is a gentleman and a scholar, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um, the next month, um, Tom Cruise is in a movie called Losing It with Shelley Long, which is a, a sex comedy directed by Curtis Hansen, which gave me a, a really uh, a nice giggle when I saw that this, this morning because Curtis Hansen would later go on to direct L.A. Confidential, which oh. is a super serious movie. Mm-hmm. So the idea that he directed some like Tom Cruise teen sex comedy back in the 80s is, is amusing to me because uh, L.A. Confidential well, rules, but not necessarily you, yeah, the person you'd the think to, person. to make the same those two movies. Uh, August 1983 is Risky Business, which is seen the movie it. that seen makes it. him a, a, times. a huge star. I've never seen Risky Business. Corey. Yeah, I know. Come on. Okay. That's on purpose. It's not. Yeah, it's not. now it's just on purpose. Go I- home. <laughs> Go home and watch. What I, do you mean? I should. I should watch it. What's weird is like, what year did that come out? 83. Okay. 1983. I was five. Uh-huh. Okay, five. So surely my parents didn't take me to see it at the theater. 
but I definitely saw it as a child living at home with my parents. Mm. And it is not a family-friendly film. No. I don't know who thought it was a good idea for me to watch it. Maybe some of the content at that time just went over my head. Like, yeah, I didn't just, understand. You were just like, oh, he's got a lot of friends over. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I just haven't seen it. I don't know why. Uh, it, it was a big hit, of course. Indeed. It, it kind of, you know, put him on the A-list. And he beat out here, – here's the thing. This is pretty interesting. He beat out Sean Penn, again, Gary Sinise, Kevin Bacon, John Cusack, and Tom Hanks for the role in Risky Business. Now, some of that makes sense. Like, John Cusack makes sense. No. It makes sense. Mm-mm. No. Five-minute fight. Wait, about what? About whether or not John Cusack <laughs> makes sense for that role. Uh, in a movie that I haven't seen. Yeah, in a movie that you haven't but seen. But given where all these people were in their careers. Maybe um, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon for sure. Maybe. I don't I don't understand the Tom Hanks thing. But he was that's, he was kind of a sitcom guy, I guess, that's in 83. absolutely not appropriate. <laughs> and and you may know that that Rebecca De Mornay, his mm-hmm. co-star, he briefly dated her allegedly at the time. Um, he, we're, we're going to talk about Tom Cruise's, uh, love life a little bit more in a moment. Something that I nearly fell out of my chair when I learned. Oh God. Um, okay. all right. So the fourth big movie of 1983, all the right moves. We've already talked about it where he plays a high school football player, his girlfriend in that movie played by Leah Thompson, um, who credits Tom Cruise with talking producers out of forcing her to do a nude scene. She didn't really want to do. She was hired to do the role, um, and they were like, hey, uh, you're hired in this movie. Uh, You got to get naked, turns out. She was like, "Mm, I'd really rather not. And they were like, too bad. And Tom Cruise apparently stuck his neck out and was like, no, no, she shouldn't have to do it if she doesn't want to. And then they were like, okay, well, she doesn't have to do one of them, but she has to do the other. And then Tom Cruise said, okay, well, I'll get naked too. So – they were both naked, apparently, in a moment in All the Right Moves, which I, is another movie I haven't seen. Corey. I'm, I'm, again, I don't know. I do love Tom Cruise. Were you Cruise. born? No, I was not. Yeah, okay. Well, fine. <laughs> Although, you've seen a bunch of other films that were made well before your birth. That's Come true. On. Including the 1985 film Legend, which Tom Cruise stars in. From director Ridley Scott, the face that you're making is generally the face that everybody in the world made when Legend was released. I don't what what movie is this? It's a fantasy movie. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, I've um, seen this. I've seen this. Tim Curry is the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I've I mean, I think this. it's kind of a cool movie. It's been a long time. I can't yeah. say. Um, but but Ridley Scott, a big director, coming off of Alien and Blade Runner, and most importantly to Tom Cruise at this point, his brother Tony. Tony Scott is the director of Top Gun. So he worked with Ridley Scott. Ridley was like, oi, Tony, you need to hire this guy. Like, I don't know. Um, and um, and apparently Tony did for, for Top Gun. And the rest is history because Top Gun, of course, is the movie in 1986 that cements Tom Cruise as a mega movie star for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, and now, of course, we live in Top Gun Maverick world. All I just right. rewatched it. Which Top Gun? Yeah, the, the original. Yeah. Because I wanted to... It's, you know... I wanted to have that fresh in my mind for the the new one. Yeah. Did, do you like Top Gun? Yeah. Yeah. I think I liked it a lot more when I was a kid. Yeah. And I really haven't watched it... It's all right. ...since then. 
uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's all it's, right. It's one of those movies where like there's really not that much happening. No, you know, does that yeah. make sense? It's just all like '80s vibes yeah. and like guys being dudes. Yeah, let me get on my motorcycle. Showing their muscles. Wear my leather jacket. Sharing their strength with one hot another. Hot outside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was a weird sound. Yeah. Um, that's one of those noisemakers. There we go. All right. Here's the last Tom Cruise fact. Um, and this is the thing that I thought was crazy and weird. According to Cher. Okay. I'm already freaked out. The two briefly dated at about this time. Cher was 38 years old. And Tom Cruise was 23 years old. And they allegedly met in 1985 at the wedding of Sean Penn and Madonna. Madonna? Yep. Now, in an interview with Oprah, Cher called Tom Cruise one of her, quote, top five lovers. And said that they could have had a, quote, great big romance if they hadn't broken up due to their busy schedules. Ew. I don't know what to do with that. I don't like this information. Um, well, now you have it. Well, I don't take it back. Uh, Cher and Tom Cruise in 1985. Okay. I formally request uh-huh. that going forward there be a segment where Sam looks up celebrity couples and you and Rachel have to buzz in about like who the other half of the couple was. She just whipped my ass every week. Would she? Yeah. How She's a you... walking us weekly. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I... You like know the date that a movie came out, though. Yeah. Like 27 years ago without having to look it up. Yeah. I just don't, I couldn't tell you anything about the people who like the private lives of the people who like Cher made them. and Tom Cruise. I'm not into that at all. Yeah, I, I didn't think you would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not. But that's why this segment is called Man That's Weird. It is weird. It is weird. And that is the semi-weird early career of Thomas Cruise Mapather IV. Once again, 40-something years into his career, one of the biggest movie stars on the planet with, with Top Gun Maverick. I mean, say what you will about the guy. That's impressive. It is. That's impressive. Is. And Top Gun Maverick, uh, we might talk about that later. A pretty cool movie, honestly. Like I, I, I think it's I think it's okay. Like I haven't I, seen it yet. It's it's neat. The, the it's got jets in it. The jets go vroom, mm-hmm. just in the sky and like yeah. I mean, so you know, it's okay. <laughs> For sound effects. And now a look at what we're watching this week. All right, so now it's time for the what we've been watching segment. Chloe, what have you been watching lately? Oh, gosh. So many things. Well, I recently watched Top Gun, the original. Yeah. Um, and that was fine. And uh, I partially rewatched La La Land and need to finish the back half of it. But again, I've seen it. I know what happens. Um, but really, I know this is not where you and Rachel live, but I have been down the rabbit hole of episodic. Yeah. And have seen Candy on Hulu uh-huh. with Jessica Biel. And my 15-year-old daughter was really into that. So it was great family programming. <laughs> uh, a little terrifying, a little creepy, a little unbelievable. Um, I I liked it, you know, as far as 
TV shows go. And uh, also, we spent the better part of our weekend watching the latest portion of the last season of Stranger Things. Well, I did that, too. Oh. So, yeah. I, I watched all of that as well. Love Stranger Things. So, can I tell you something yes. about this? Yes. All right. I said to Clea, she said she wanted to watch it. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, let's watch it. And she said, well, really, I already watched the first two episodes. Uh-huh. So she cheated on me, but, you know, okay. But she was like, I'll rewatch. So she did. And I said, this is the last season, right? And she said, yes. And I didn't question her. I didn't look it up. I didn't investigate in any way. And then the last episode that has been released mm-hmm. ends – and I was under the impression that that was the end, and I was like, this is the worst finale <laughs> of a television show ever made, ever, ever in the history of television. And then like an hour later, I was like, Clea, are you sure that there's not any more Stranger Things? And she was like, no, that's why this this episode was like two hours long. Uh, there is more. There's a whole volume, too. I was so... Yeah. Well, a, Relieved and be irritated. So you're going to get some closure, but there will be a season five. What? Season five is going to be the last season. Oh, I didn't know that. So season four is probably a lot of like teeing up the big finale to come in a year and a half or so. I thought this was it. No, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be somehow they're going to overtake me in age and be like, you know, in their... Mm-hmm. Uh, early 40s playing um, high school sophomores when they filmed the final season. But um, yeah, why not? It, it's a really cool show. I really enjoyed it too. I like it. This yeah. season's a little a little scarier, I think. I, I mean, I'm not super scared, into it. but it's a little scarier than some of the earlier ones, I think. Uh, very Nightmare on Elm Street sort of mm-hmm. uh, inspired yeah. in a lot of ways, which I think is cool. So what have you been watching other than Stranger Things? Well, I've been watching a lot of movies, um, screening for Sidewalk, which I can't really talk about, obviously, but there are some exciting uh, films that we've been looking at potentially for our lineup for this upcoming uh, 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival uh, last week of August in downtown Birmingham, SidewalkFest.com. Get your passes now. Right. Um, but – that's not all I've been watching. I've seen a ton of stuff over the last uh, couple of weeks. It's been a little while since we've recorded this podcast. So I, I, I need to, I guess, briefly talk about Alex Garland's Men, which has been playing at the Sidewalk Cinema, um, a kind of abstract, heavily metaphorical horror movie that really goes off the rails in the last 20 minutes. Um, which it's a movie that I thought was pretty, pretty okay. I actually, I have complicated feelings about this movie because when it ended, I was like, great, I have no fucking idea what to make of that. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I don't know if I like that. I, I, I'm just kind of baffled by it and scared and, you know, tense and I'm just annoyed. I, I have come down on the positive side of it. It's not a movie I'm in a hurry to revisit. I'll just put it that way. Um, it's really strange. So even though it's been at the cinema, I haven't seen that. And partially because I don't like being scared uh-huh. in public spaces, like which you would think would be less scary, but I have big reactions yeah. that I'm not in control of and I don't find it enjoyable. So I can watch scary stuff at home 
And then the people I live with don't don't care. Sure. They're very accustomed to it. But I have big reactions. Is this is it that kind of scary? No. It's not it's like a gross. there's not a, Oh, okay. It's gross. Like it gets gross. And mm. like I don't mind being like, woo, oh, ghosts, ha in public, like, you know, getting startled yeah. or whatever. I'll jump. I, you know, that's fine. I'll see a conjuring movie, you know, any day of the week. Uh, I don't know that I love being grossed out by public or in public yeah. or like seeing something that's really like provocative and just like poking at everybody's sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> you, you know, we all we go into movies with stuff and we're just like, I hope this movie doesn't like poke at that. And then, you know, sometimes a movie will go out of its way to just be like, oh, here, here you go. Right. I'm going to fuck with you now. And men is kind of like that. Um, because it's like, uh, tension, 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 tension for about an hour, uh, or so hour and 15 minutes. And then the last 20, 25 minutes, is just like the grossest shit you ever seen. And I'm just like, okay, that's probably not for me. Yeah. You know, um, and then what does it mean? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Um, which is a little frustrating. Um, but you know, an interesting movie, um, worth considering if you're into body horror shit and that's the cronenberg is the same yeah the cronenberg movie crimes of the future which i will be very excited to see in the next couple days um is going to be pretty intense body horror stuff as well yeah um and yeah i'm i'm trying to find like an off hour screening to go to so i'm not in what what really gets to me at movies like that seeing a movie like that in a packed house where there's always some theater comedian who's like oh that looks like it hurts or what the hell is that (laughs) you know somebody who's got to like speak up and share their hilarity with everybody else and like i'm in the movie and i'm disturbed and shaken up by it and then there's some asshole who's just cracking wise like that's what really gets to me like i've seen enough like Outre weird shit in packed theaters. There's always a guy. There's yeah. always a guy who's got to like break the spell of the movie, probably because he's uncomfortable. I'm I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there's always a guy, and I don't like that guy. Um, so I'm going to try to see Crimes of the Future at a matinee, probably. Okay. Um, but we'll see. Um, and, and then I wanted to highlight, you know, I already talked about Top Gun Maverick. I, I don't really feel the need to, the need for speed to, um, uh, talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> thanks. Um, but, um, I, I did want to highlight another movie that came out over Memorial Day weekend and that is the Bob's Burgers movie. So I tried to explain to my stepmom over the weekend that the lady wearing a Bob's Burgers t-shirt uh-huh. was not representing an actual like greasy spoon anywhere. It's that a fun, was, it's funny cartoon. Yeah. She could not understand why somebody <laughs> was wearing a t-shirt that looked like it was from a burger place that only exists, you know, well, in, in two dimensions. So first you know. of all, I need to find that t-shirt because I, I said the second point is I really love Bob's burgers. Yeah. I love the cartoon series. Uh, it's been on the air now for a really long time. It's kind of like a, a comfort show. Gentle laughs, rude humor, screaming, but like funny screaming, not like the usual sort of screaming that I hear in my <laughs> life. Um, Kiwi, our former education outreach director, also really likes Bob's Burgers. 
I need to talk to Kiwi about this movie then because I thought this movie was really great. Um, uh, you know, I have to tell you, I've never watched the show. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You'd probably have a good time with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's funny. Um, it's got a lot of silly jokes and a lot of really funny people doing voices. Like Kevin Klein is on the show like a lot, which is kind of fun for him. Zach Galifianakis um, pops up. He's in the movie too. The The regular cast is really extraordinary as well. Um, and the, mo- the movie is not – the movie is like, a, like an episode of the show stretched out to film length. Okay. And that is – exactly what i wanted what you needed it yeah, to be that's what yeah. i needed it to be it doesn't try to reinvent the wheel it's just the same gentle comedy um and stupid jokes and rude humor and screaming that i treasure <laughs> on the small screen just on the big screen it, it it's a really you know it's a really nice summer surprise honestly kind of the best summer movie so far i liked it better than than top gun i liked it better than dr strange but you know i just like uh silly cartoon burger shows i guess uh especially when they make their way to the big screen so that's not all i've been watching but those are the the high points of what i've been watching lately and uh boy i tell you what um if uh the quality of submissions or anything to go by We're going to have a very, very good Sidewalk Film Festival coming up in August. That's good. Do you think, you know, in cards, people say that somebody's like sandbagging. Uh You're familiar with that term, right? I am. Do you think that that has happened in the film festival, like submission space that people were like, eh, you know, for 2021 and certainly for 2020 when festivals were either not happening or were only virtual that people waited and that that's improving maybe the quality of what you're looking at for this year, or you just think it's kind of random. I, I think to some degree that's the case. I think that there were a lot of people who were like, well, I did this project, but since film festivals are kind of a question mark, I'm going to take a little bit more time in post-production, mm-hmm. you know, to work on the edit, to, to refine it. Um, but, but a lot of what I've seen has, has been pandemic era, Oh, projects okay. that are you know they're, they're you know there are a lot of like covid movies mm-hmm. which you know are variable in quality right because right. you know i there are only so many things you want to relive about covid isolation sure um but then there have been a lot of projects that were were shot during covid and and have been um Completed in the last few years that um, are really strong and have really nothing to do with it. So, right. just um, made in that time just made during that time period. But but yeah, I do think there is a little bit of sandbagging, judging by um what we've seen in the indie space in the last few years. Not to disparage the quality of stuff from twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, but I do think empirically a lot of people were kind of holding back. Sure. Um. So you know some really strong stuff out there and um i'm really excited about what we have to choose from well that makes me excited yeah because when the programming team is excited it makes everybody else's job easier (laughs) well um maintain your enthusiasm i can i can only be enthusiastic for myself i can't speak for my fellow programmers but i i'm enthusiastic based on what I've seen so far. And listener, you should be too, which is why you should go to SidewalkFest.com and get those passes 
but we'll tell you more about that in a minute when we close this podcast out. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Skinner and Mulder. I don't know what that means. Uh, Skinner is the special agent in charge of the X Files. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of okay. course, Agent Fox Mulder. You may be familiar with him. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be him when I was growing up. Never have I ever seen that show. But I do know what Whoa, you're talking about. Oh, man. I have not only for seen... For real? Absolutely, for real. You've never oh, seen wow. it. I am an encyclopedic... I, I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the X-Files. When I've seen the, the X-Files over and over and over again. When did, it, when did it first air? 1993, when I was seven years old and too young to be watching it, but... But you were. But I watched it anyway, because it was my favorite show. Yeah, I, in 1993, I think I was like a college i mean a high school freshman and had cooler things to do than watch tv maybe yeah. i don't know yeah i was probably watching like beverly hills 90210 i mean instead. it was on at the time yeah you, you gotta you gotta keep up with yeah. uh with um old jason Priestley, i guess yeah sure sure tori spelling um yeah she's the daughter of the guy who created it right yeah, yeah i don't know yeah sure um, I just, yeah, 90210. That is something that passed me by completely. Well, sure, you're seven. Yeah, but the X-Files, yeah. it had aliens in it. It did, that's so different. That's that's why I liked it, and like monsters and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have to talk about the X-Files anymore, but we could, rest assured. Uh, instead, we'll talk about uh, how great Boutwell Studios is for producing and editing this podcast. Thanks, as always, to Brad in the booth. You're welcome. And thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Revelator Coffee, serving up delicious coffee in downtown Birmingham. Why don't you stop by and get yourself a cup sometime this week? You've earned it. Yeah, for sure you have. Yeah. Get, go ahead. Go ahead and get one. Um, and thank you, of course, for listening. As we have said repeatedly during this week of episodes, if you want to support Sidewalk, and we sure hope you do, because why are you listening to this otherwise? Visit SidewalkFest.com, get your passes to the 24th Annual Sidewalk Film Festival, or get a ticket to see a movie with us at the Sidewalk Cinema. And in the month of June and going into July, to July we have some really great stuff in store. Go ahead and get that stuff as soon as you can, and uh, come see a movie with us. That's not why they're listening. Uh, well, they, they want to hear... Your voice, and they they tuned in to hear Rachel they, singing. They but, listen. They listen for antics, but they were disappointed. There's some guy somewhere who's just banging his fist on a table, like more antics. That's right. Uh, well, we'll close out with no antics now, but a hearty thank you for listening, and thanks Chloe for subbing in for Rachel this week. Glad to be here. All righty. Uh, well, we'll sign off now. Goodbye, everybody. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.